Degenerate Business School is brought to you by Gold Minerals, the original Amazon stock, and Silver Minerals, adjacent to gold, and while we're at it, all metals, precious or otherwise, which people still buy in great numbers. Ladies and gentlemen, just a quick prescript to today's episode. In it, we discuss how it's possible in the year 2020, when hopefully we're all working from home in our pajamas, when I can talk to someone on a screen over the internet who lives thousands of miles away, and even if I wanted to brave the perils of COVID, I could get on a plane that would take me to China in less than a day. And even now, people demand and buy in great quantities silver and gold, like the old kings of the Bible. It's bizarre, really it is. So uh, with that, enjoy. Thank you. I was down 40% yesterday. I was like, man, I just hope I can like retain some of my principal. <laughs> on, yeah. on TSM? On TSM, yeah. And then uh, luck, luckily for, for, for me, um, Intel would use your words, shit the bed. So <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I got lucky. How, how did Intel shit the bed? I saw something to do with, you know, microchips, obviously. But what, what, what did they say that where they shited themselves? I think they were trying to create some GPUs and they just couldn't do it. Like their technology wasn't sufficient and they were actually going to employ um, some technology for, from, from a Taiwan semiconductor to actually do it for them. And so, oh, it's a double whammy for you yeah. in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. <laughs> so Intel's definitely um, out, um, definitely going to go obsolete. I think um, Arc Research was saying how the, 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 whatever eight six type of uh, processor is 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 um kind of on its last legs so so is intel just fucked then yeah so it's like you know that's why amd and nvidia and taiwan semiconductors are kind of the new new kids on the block oh, gonna take over that's a tough out that's a tough out yeah 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 nice run <laughs> well, I, but uh, you know, it pl- it plays it plays into the disruptive innovation theory of uh, of Arc. Winner take all, right? Like the the oldies mm-hmm. will be left in the dust. Yep, yep. That's what it looks like. That's like you know, Intel's still like something, some a company that like my dad invested in. So yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's like that. Well, if there is if there is something to take away from this, at least for me, is that. Uh, your dad's type of companies are generally what I like to invest in because from an option standpoint, you get a lot more value that way. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying you buy it, Greg, but I feel like James, if you're playing options, there's, there's money to be made there on, on very small moves. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Definitely wouldn't want to hold some 
those types of companies long term. But yeah, you can play like GE, you know, if it dips yeah. to like seven and then pops yeah. back up. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, uh, <laughs> GE, GE is in that camp. It's, a, it's a, uh, another one. One of Robert's original jams. Keep me honest here, Robert. Is you're just like, uh, yeah, I bought five thousand dollars worth of Ford options today. I'm like, what? What are you buying Model T stock for? You have to keep in mind that all of these things are are intended to be short term. So it's never it's never a statement on. That's what I'm saying. I think think Ford's going to do well, but um, it's a it's a range bound it's a range bound stock that just putzes along. Well, I mean, and and that's that's the thing, right? Is that you can often find value in things like that because think of things like Coke, General Motors. Frankly, all the telecoms, all the automakers, excluding Tesla, they're all range-bound. And frankly, anything that's that's a dividend play is generally range-bound. So if you know that, you can play the options and just write it in between that range uh, pretty pretty easily for them. On that score, that. On that score uh, Warren Buffett, who is you know, at 137 years old, is still in the game bought like a huge stake in B of A this week, which I think is, I don't know what, what James, what do you think that's all about? Is he just like, oh. banks can't go down anymore. Well, I didn't know that. I mean, I remember the last time you bought B of A and, uh, <laughs> he made a killing off. I mean, that was when it was being at five. Yeah, I did. I did the, uh, I did a little bit of the VHF. ETF a few weeks back, which is just a composite of all the American banks. So I miss Mars Warren Buffett. That's what I'm saying. Or maybe he's senile. Who knows? Uh, all right. Well, James, you uh, you were calling out this week the uh, rush on minerals or on silver specifically, but this is a uh, this week was like a. Uh, a surmounting of silver and gold where gold I think is now at its highest value since 2011. So, uh, what do you, what do you make of it? Is gold just, is this, are we like getting into extreme risk off or people who are scared of inflation just buying up minerals? What do you, what's, what do you make of it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fiat currency, um, debasement, um, play, Spinting not just in the U.S. but all around the world, in every central bank. So you see, so that's hit an all-time high. And so, but I remember back in 2011 too, there was a massive silver bubble, and I wanted to get in that, and I was I was just too late. I actually shorted it, and then made some money. But I was going to tell myself next time the silver bubble comes back, <laughs> I'm, I'm in. And so this is like nine years in the making. So and, and and I and I missed the missed the, the the rise because I kind of had in the back of my mind I was going to get in, but um, you know you see I suddenly then I think it did like ten percent one day I'm like oh shoot I got to get on the train, so I feel like I was a little bit late, but I think still I got in I, I I'm in on a whole bunch of calls I bought a bunch of calls this week, um, if it goes down like pat below twenty I'll probably buy more calls, but I think silver and this is for uh, August expiration. But I'm pretty bullish. I think silver is going to go to at least thirty. Um, but you, but silver's a little more complicated. You said part of it's fiat currency, part of it is just demand driven. Yeah, there's there's um there's there's actually some industrial uses for silver, and this actually is another plus side because it um 
it's actually used in photovoltaic cells for solar. Mm. And solar's been been big. It's actually been making good money on tan, the the solar ETF. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's actually blowing up because uh, you know with coal, you know, and during the pandemic, you got to actually hire people to you know dig up the coal, transport the coal, and to run the fat run the power plants. So coal is really solar. expensive now. Yeah, with solar, it's just there, right? Yeah, and yeah. with all renewables, you have that resilience because you only need to hire many people to run run these plants. So I think that's going to be a boom. I mean, forget about, you know, climate change and all that stuff. This is just, you know, economically more viable, just, you know, not even thinking about that aspect. So so with that, you know, that's another kind of bullish upside for, for silver. So. Oh, look at, oh, look at Tan go. <laughs> Big time, and if I, I also bought Fan, the uh, the wind <laughs> ETF, so I'm all in on the names. <laughs> yeah, well, as we always say, um, if it has a great name, it's it's worth doing. Just like Edit, that's why we're in Edit and not CRISPR. Fuck CRISPR! <laughs> what a dumb name. Edit's where it's at, and Tan and Fan, oh, just irresistible. Oh my god. <laughs> It can't go wrong. Oh my god. Um so Bobby, are you were you still in nugget? No. Were you still in nugget or you got out? I've been I've been getting in and out. I'm actually not in nugget right now. I'm in Yamaha Gold, which is a specific gold miner. Um but it's it's doing just as well. Um so yeah, I, I have August expiration calls on on AUY. It's it's rallied this week as well. So, is there a part of you, Jameth, though, that you know now now that the rally in in minerals, like the the Old Testament, is uh, back to 2011 levels? I mean, you know, I know you said silver's got got some headroom, but is there a part of you that wants to short gold at all? No, I don't think so. Not not in the near term. I think they're still higher, even though it's hit near all time highs. Uh, it, might, it might have a little bit of a breather, but I think it's going to go higher, even with. Uh, and it's, it really depends on what central banks do. And I think the bet is that they're going to keep expanding. So as long as well, I mean, yeah. The, the the beautiful thing here is that you have you have every catalyst lining up nicely, like. From an economic standpoint, if you have every central bank just printing money, it it generally bodes well for gold. But from a technical standpoint, you've had an all-time high, and if it breaks above that, there's no resistance from from there. Yeah. So at least, at least in the short term, there's there's plenty of room to run. But is is that is the fact that every central bank is printing money just like the primary driver of the rally? Meaning it's fiat currency. It's it's a hedge against runaway inflation, essentially. That's I think most of it, but there's also U.S. China tensions, some geopolitical risk. So that um, weight that weighs on currency uncertainty and yeah, whenever there's like war, like if new North Korea set off another nuke, yeah, you'd you'd see another mini rally in gold, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. What what. What other are there any other minerals we should be thinking of? Platinum, tungsten. Honestly, copper is probably more appealing than than gold right now. Copper, but, but it, it, you can't go wrong. Yeah, Freeport McMoran, um, 
the one I've been in. Um, it's it's done well. Uh, Which one? And copper is interesting because that's like economic expansion, like, and that's actually playing off of ch uh, China infrastructure. So when China, you know, when when, when China goes into a recession, uh, they just build, 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 and you know, you need copper to build all the wires and all that um, electronic infrastructure. Mm. So it's the it's the week of metals. Uh, so the the other, again the other I guess like headline this week is that the Nasdaq. I mean it's not major, but the Nasdaq pulled back for a second consecutive week. It was volatile. Um, There's a rally early on, and there are two days of sell-offs when you thought you were going to be underwater on TSM, and then you rallied. Good job by you. Um, we talked about it last week, you know, are we on the cusp of a, of a tech bubble? Uh, Bloomberg ran an article about it. So again, they just, they're stealing our ideas. Um, so I guess this is, I mean, in some ways this is welcome news. If again, you're like me and you're just uh, sitting woefully in the corner, wishing you had stayed in for the great tech rally. But to the extent there's a, there's a pullback, um, a potential buying opportunity, but I don't know what, is there anything else that we're missing besides just, there's some nervousness among people who are in the rally and now they're just harvesting their gains or is there something, something larger at work? I think that's, that's pretty much it. I think it's pretty healthy pullback, you know, five, up, you know, max 10%. But I mean, I looked at it today and I was like, oh, Amazon's in the 28s. I'm like, some fund manager's going to buy that. And they did. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, completely normal. I think there's no, I mean, with, with, the, with the Fang names, there's really no bubble. I think it's just, they're just going to be dominant for a while. Well, the other one that's, so you, you talked about it uh, last week that, you know, you're looking at companies that are on the fringes of tech or have underperformed. And uh, so Twitter, their earnings call was kind of a nothing burger, but they got a boost from Jack Twitter, Jack Twitter, Jack Dorsey, master of Twitter, basically just saying that, yeah, we're looking at a subscription model. And that like incited a, a movement up in the stock. You know, if that actually happens, you know, are you still long on Twitter and uh, do you think it, it could be the next darling or at least like, you know, have a have a boost to its uh, valuation? Yeah, I think it's a criminally undervalued, I think, um, especially compared to all the other crap out there that has like $50 billion valuations. I mean, I think it's still, I think less than $30 billion right now given its massive uh, you know, influence in the world. So, yeah, and if it goes to subscription model, I think it's even better. Then it kind of takes the toxicity out of it. I think people are willing to pay for it. So I'm still long Twitter. I still have – I bought positions at 29 um, back when they had that um, – I think when, when they had that kind of – the social media kind of exodus of, of advertisers. But, um, yeah, it seems it, it's recovered since then. I think it, there's a lot of upside there. I mean, at the end of the day, like, all that Twitter has is a storytelling problem, right? There's everything that you could think think to need there to make up a story that would make people bullish on the stock. Like, imagine a world where all of your news 
comes through Twitter. We buy the Washington Post, you know, like, there is a way to finesse, finesse its way, like, out of its rut, but, I mean, Jack has had success with Square in telling that story. Why can't, I, I wonder if, like, the final unlock for Twitter is getting a full-time CEO. The feel, going to a subscription model, getting a full-time CEO who's a ketchup popsicle salesman. Yep. By the way... I'm available. I am currently employed, but would happily leave my current job to be the CEO of Twitter. I'm available. And so is Robert, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly sure how Twitter works, but uh, that hasn't helped Jack, so well, all you have I can't. All you have to do, Robert, is, is when you get asked a question, you go, so, so how are you thinking about that? You just go, listen, you don't understand how this business works, and then you don't explain how it actually works. But say in a really defiant way, you, listen, you don't understand how this works. It's about getting the right message to the right person at the right time. 10% well, up. Here's, so as you know, as you know, I, I've been a staunch opponent of uh, social media. I've never had any of it, but I, I am in, in Facebook, uh, Facebook uh, calls. Namely because, whether I like it or not, it's still reaching, what is it, 3 billion people? Correct. So, so I, I understand that Twitter has a valuation of $30 billion, but it also has a minuscule uh, DAU base. So, it is. It's a, it's a tool of the elite. That's what's interesting about Twitter is it's... A, it's people like, I mean, not that we're elites, but you know what I'm saying. It's people like us who have jobs that are, like, trying to engage in some sort of news-driven debate. So, to your point, it's kind of got a limited audience, but an audience that's wealthy is the point. I just, I, I can't wrap my head around who would pay for this. I think uh, James and I would probably pay for it at $10 a month. I'm pretty sure. I, I, well, I'm speaking for you, James, but I think you would pay $10 a month for Twitter. Oh, yeah. I'm on Twitter all the time. <laughs> yeah. Are you? <laughs> yeah. You would pay... I think you would pay more for Twitter than you would for Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. mm. Huh. Now, as long as Netflix is still $12 a month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shared amongst three people. And I can share, yeah. <laughs> Actually, James and I would probably get into a share, a share model. We could we could use the DBS handle or the oh yeah 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 <laughs> perfect we could share it. <laughs> yeah so in any case I don't know if it's because I've been I've been burned by Twitter I wrote it from fifty down to seventeen but I can't wrap my head around uh, one their inability to grow the user base, given how seemingly everybody loves it. But two, the idea that you're going to charge people for it. Um, I, I could be wrong, and, and I'd like to be wrong, but yeah, that's what Twitter I think, has... Yeah, I think it's, it is like the, the unlock for Twitter. Unlock. You see I'm using the buzz, buzzwords of, of uh, Scott Galloway. The unlock for Twitter is the their base being relatively inelastic 
And if the the model is like low daily active users, but that ARPU is like hilariously high and not dependent on advertising, it actually could be like a pretty pretty um, reliably val valuable company. Unlike say a Snapface, where it's entirely contingent on how fast it can grow its base, and it's still just like this putsy. Uh, ARPU that's all driven by advertising. It's hard to imagine someone paying a lot of money for Snapface, but James and I would pay at least $10 a month, probably $20 a month, maybe $30 a month, and I think there's some, like, people who work in news, they would have to have one that's like, you know, like, uh, some sort of, pre you could do a premium tier for, like, journalists. Like, ProPublica would probably pay for, like, you know, $100 a month subscription for its journalists. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. That's all I'm saying, Robert. You, th you think there's like a partnership with the WSJ, the New York Post, all those things? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Unless, unless Instagram partners with them first, and you just get your news and buy jeans that Kim Kardashian is wearing. You know, that, that could also happen. So it's good to get your long on Facebook. <laughs> Also, a good place for sports content. You just kind oh, of get all the yeah, yeah, yeah. your highlights. Basically, and even you know, watching watching games is actually pretty fun on Twitter. It's a lot of fun. Uh, anything you get the has real time like reactions. Yeah. yeah, live component, anything, sports mm -hmm. news. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Have, have you seen a baseball game this season? It's I, fucking ridiculous. A this lot baseball of people, a lot of people were talking about it yesterday. What, what's it like? There's baseball cutouts in the seats, and they fake cheering whenever there's a hit or a strikeout or anything. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Just before this, I was watching a baseball game because I have the over, of course. Not working out. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it's so much worse than a baseball game during normal circumstances. It's pretty bad. Well, again, again, I'm available for hire. The key is when the ball comes off the bat, flames, right? Let's just let's get some special effects in there. The pitcher is on fire, literally. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, it reminds me of that um, NBA Jam arcade game. <laughs> exactly. Uh, NFL 80s. Blitz on N64. Yeah. <laughs> He's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Bobby. Yeah. Do, do you have any other tasters that you're looking at in the options market? Uh, not at the moment. I do expect next week to be a down week. Uh, the options money is largely to the downside. Uh, the things that I have money on are like, I currently have options for AUY, Yamaha Gold, which I'm feeling good about, Square, but that one's a long term hold. It's a 2022 expiration. And I have a Facebook uh, spread. For September expiration, the 260, 290. But I'm, I'm largely on the sideline because I do expect next week to be a down week. And James, James, you're the silver surfer, Silverado, long on silver in the short term. You got the tan ETF, the fan ETF. How do you do it, man? Do you just go, 
you like you Google renewable ETFs and you just find them and you're like, yep, tan, gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, find a sector, just be like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Actually, one one last thing, uh, in conjunction to the gold play, I feel like. So I I have a hard time recommending nail because a triple average anything is a crapshoot in the long term. Right. But. Uh, homeowners, sorry, home builders and materials as a sector, if you could play the individual sector, there's there's definitely upside there. Uh, Nail has been doing well this week and I do, I do think it's going to go higher, but uh, if you were going to play it, I would suggest just the regular home builders ETF. All the home builders re- that reported this week reported strong earnings, good guidance. I think there's upside there. And and the low the low interest rate environment is definitely a, a tailwind. Yeah, even 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 a triple leverage nail over the last couple months has been overall a really solid pick, Bobby. Yeah, I mean it, it sold off yesterday, but it touched forty earlier in the week. And considering I bought it at twelve, I'm not complaining. Some would say you're nailing it, and we've said it before. I'm with that. It's a good good note to end on. Yeah. All right. I'll see you guys next week. See ya. Cheers.